Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Happy Hour. Happy Friday. It's the Friday before Valentine's Day, and I don't know if you know this, but on my Instagram, which is at Jamie Ivy, we're running one of my favorite giveaways we've ever, ever done. Just in time for Valentine's Day, we want to give you a getaway with you and your spouse. I'm so excited for this. I'll tell you more in just a second, but let me tell you about our guest today. My friend Lisa Harper is joining me. Lisa actually has been on the show forever ago. She was on episode number 148 way back in July of 2017. And today is episode number 364. I am so excited to bring her back. Lisa is a personal friend of mine and I gush over her at the beginning. So I'll save that for the show. But Lisa is an author and a speaker and a brilliant thinker who loves Jesus. In fact, I feel like I would describe Lisa as someone who oozes with Jesus. You just want to be with her. You're going to enjoy our conversation today. We talk about the struggles that we've had with missing community through 2020 and COVID. We talk about the provision that she has seen God show up in her life and during hard seasons. And then guys, she just encourages the heck out of us of how we can still believe that God is good when things are difficult. And we dive into how important it is for you and I who are followers of Jesus to really value intimacy with him. I can't wait for you to hear the show. She's hilarious. She's funny. You will want more of her. And she's a new book that actually just came out a couple of weeks ago. It's a devotional. It's called Life. Highly recommend you pick it up. Again, we talk about it in the show today, so you'll hear all about it. All right, back to what I was telling you about earlier. Guys, you know now that my husband, Aaron, and I released a book. Well, we haven't released it yet. That's the fun thing. It comes out in about two and a half weeks. It's called Compliment, The Surprising Beauty of Choosing Together Over Separate. And listen, we're so stinking proud of this book and this project. We hope that it is an encouragement to those of you that are married. We hope it's an encouragement to those of you who are thinking about marriage. We just hope that it just encourages the heck out of some of you. It comes out in a couple of weeks and you can pre-order it now wherever you get books. And we're doing a major giveaway over on my Instagram page. In fact, today is the very last day. We're giving away a getaway for you and your spouse. And we cannot wait to give this to one of you guys. So go follow me at Jamie Ivy. We announce the winner tomorrow on Saturday the 13th, just in time for someone to celebrate their spouse and give them this gift on Valentine's Day. If you want more information about the book or the marriage challenge or anything we have of resources that we want to help you in your marriage, go to AaronandJamieIvy.com. Everything is there. Okay, friends, sit back, relax. You're about to feel encouraged. You're going to laugh. You're going to adore my friend, Lisa Harper. Uh, Lisa Harper, welcome back to the oh, Happy Hour. Oh, I miss you. I miss you. I'm so happy to be back. This is so fun. I want to remind you of something. We recorded in 2017, Lisa. Has it been that long? It has been that long. I've uh, loved you so hard that it feels like surely that was like 1997. 
because I love you so much. <laughs> right. It can't have just been 2017. I wish you were in my life in 1997. You might have saved me from a lot of pain <laughs> in 1997. Probably we've gotten into double trouble would be my guess. Oh, that might have been fun, but not good for either one of us. I want to remind you of something. When we recorded, we were up at the some offices in Nashville. We had some mutual uh-huh. people that we met up there. They took me into this recording studio. I had never been like in a recording studio. I was used to doing this in my home, you know, just by myself. Yeah. And we got to talking and 15 minutes in, do you remember? I went, I do. oh my I gosh. Do. And you were like, what? And it was like deep too. It was profound. It was the best conversation <laughs> ever. And I had forgotten to push record. And you totally were so remember. gracious. I'd never met you before. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so thoroughly embarrassed. You were so gracious. And then we ended up having a phenomenal conversation. But I always I remember that. I loved you from, you had me at hello. We had so much fun. It really, I felt like it was grace that I just got to keep talking with you a little longer. I totally remember that day. So fun. Well, Lisa, you're my guest today, and you've been in ministry like 30 years. You've written 878 books and Bible studies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you were in the you were the children's minister as a child. That's right. That's right. Right. Very precocious. Yes. Yes. And you've written, you know, so many books and continue to make great things and a phenomenal Bible teacher. And I'll just give me a moment to say what I want to say first before yes, you ma'am. say anything else. Is in the last two years probably 2018, if I think about it, I have gotten to spend time with you over those years at events. Mm -hmm. And I have always said, it felt like I walked into like this big sister, favorite aunt, your favorite teacher you've ever known, who you just walk in and you sit down with them and you feel like, this feels good, this feels right, this feels safe. And you've been that for me. And I just want to tell you publicly, thank you, because I am a better person because of you. So love you, my friend, Lisa. Well, you're making me cry. My estrogen, if I had any left, would all be (laughs) oozing. You have been a gift. You know, to me, what's so cool is when God, you know, he uses donkeys and rocks. We're all shocked that he allows us to share the living hope of the gospel. But when you get to do it with people who become like family, that to me is just icing on the cake. And I will claim you as my baby sister all day long. You know, it makes me think, I was telling Aaron just the other day, you know, several things about 2020 were difficult and everyone had different difficultness. I feel like I say that in every show, but it's just such a part of our time right now. Yeah. 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 One of the things I was mentioning to him is I said, I don't think I realized until about maybe November or December the loneliness that I was experiencing from Mm -hmm. not my normal relationships that I would get to see on the road. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that, both of us have the unique opportunity to stand in front of women and preach God's word and -hmm. and go to churches and preach. And and when we do that, often we get to see our friends, you know, we'll be at a conference and we get to those back room, like hangout areas. It's not like for the famous people, it's for the friends. Like, I just feel like it's like a reunion. And I, about November, went, man, I miss my friends that I only see Mm -hmm. in those situations. Mm -hmm. What have you missed so much about 2020? It's interesting you say that because I'm not a big TV person, but with COVID, we, you know, I live out in the middle of nowhere on this hill. And so after I used my chainsaw and accidentally cut through a propane line, I thought, probably I shouldn't do any more like huge landscaping lumberjack work. And we ended up watching a lot of movies. I'm just not a huge movie person, but we watched the movie. I'd love the book Water for Elephants. And we watched that book and you the whole, I mean, it's, I'm not advocating it. So anybody who's listening to happy hour, there are cuss words in it. So please do not remember my name. Actually, my name is Lisa Turkhurst. And I recommended <laughs> But anyway, that movie, you know, it, it's kind of like it, this saga about a circus. 
but it's these people who travel with a circus who become family. And I was telling my nephew, you were watching that, and I said, in kind of a funhouse mirror, that's what I've experienced for 30 years. The people, you could actually call us the circus, but the women and families and men that I get to travel with and talk about Jesus, we are a family. You know, it's not just we get together and it's five minutes in a green room. We're praying together. We're laughing together. We're sharing life together. And those two days that you spend together once a month, that it is, it's almost like intimacy is amplified in those settings. And so I miss that a lot. Chris, Kane, and I talk all the time. And both of us say that over and over again. She's like, I just miss being in your presence because you do get used to that family. And when God has given you the same Basically, you're running the race together. He's given you that same calling. Well, then there, there's a fraternity about that that runs down to the mirror of your bones, too. So, yeah, I've missed that a lot. I grieved community. My mom was up over Christmas, and she said that what we've experienced in 2020 reminded her a lot of the season after the Depression. But she said the differences after the Depression, she said, you know, we were all missing a lot of things. She said, you know, you didn't have enough sugar, but you'd gather together with the women in your neighborhood and you'd bake a cake together. Mm -hmm. And she said, what has been so different and so much more difficult about COVID is community, you've been segregated. So rather than coming together in your lack and actually finding that you have all that you need, you've been segregated and you haven't been able to come together as community. There was a, maybe a month into COVID, somebody really, really close to me committed suicide. And it was, you know, legs right out from under my stool. It was a deep, hard grief. There's a neighborhood Bible study that I've been in for about 15 years in Nashville. And we ended up standing in each other's yards, Mm. you know, huge social distance, but just to even see each other through the window brought comfort to me. And so, yeah, I want to be very respectful with, you know, people who are sick or who have comorbidities. And so I don't want to sound in any way flippant or frivolous about the social distancing mandates that are currently in most states, but I can't wait to hug you again. Yeah. I can't wait to not just hear your laugh over a screen, but actually hear that great laugh yeah. a foot away from you yeah. when we're eating chips and queso. So yeah, I've missed community a lot. It's true for for all of us. We've had these things that we're missing. And you know, you have this new devotional that's coming out called Life. And I need to read mm. the subtitle because in book world, what people just a little behind the curtain, you go through titles and subtitles like you're trying mm-hmm. to name your firstborn that is going to inherit the throne right. after Queen Elizabeth. I mean, it is like a big deal, right? Right. This is the best subtitle I've ever seen in my entire life. Hands down, <laughs> I will never see a better one. <laughs> the subtitle is this. An obsessively grateful, undone by Jesus, genuinely happy and not faking it through the hard stuff kind of devotional. And you know, Lisa, that describes you. And I know that's where that came Mm. from, but that would describe you as this woman who is so grateful, Mm. so undone, so in love with Jesus. But life has not always been easy. And you mentioned, Mm. you know, the close friend of yours who died by suicide. You you talk in this devotional about how your love for Jesus, it stayed steady. Like you said, you got to the end and you look back at your whole life. Like, okay, I've got these decades yeah. that I've lived and here's the hard things. Here's the good things. What's still true yeah. about God? Where did you come yeah. to with that? Because a lot of people are asking right now, God doesn't seem too good right now. This doesn't seem right. too fair. My life is really bad. Yeah. 
I think we tend to be, even believers, even Christ followers, so myopic. You know, you see what you can currently see, taste, feel, touch in your world. And we have deluded ourselves into thinking, you know, we boil God down into that myopic moment. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if we could just back up and recognize that even this exists under the canopy of his grace, that he always has been, always will be actively working to mitigate evil, to restore the inherent dignity he breathed into us as a MAGA day. I think that that's the good thing that age gives you. you know, I'm 57, so I um, rarely wear pants with zippers anymore. You know, my hair is chemically dependent, but I have some perspective and I can look back over my life and go, oh my heavens to Betsy, I've never seen his absence. So mm-hmm. even in the deepest moments of grief, which I think is incumbent upon us to talk about as believers, I'm so sick of Pollyanna Christians who pretend like everything's okay. That doesn't play anymore in the world. Never did play, but now more than ever, we need believers who are honest about, yeah, I can't carry the weight of my own life, but let me tell you, Jesus, because Mm -hmm. Jesus has carried me. Let me tell you my story. He has been so much more than sufficient. Jamie, at the beginning of COVID, my greatest fear was had to do with my daughter. You know, it's where you and I are split apart at birth. We're both huge advocates of adoption. And my little girl, who by the grace of God, I got to adopt from Haiti, brought her home seven years ago. Missy has HIV. And I had some friends in the medical community who said, you know, at least kind of word on the street medically is that some of the antiretrovirals Missy is on may be used as they're trying to put together a cocktail for COVID. So they said, we don't know anything definitively, but we would encourage you, if possible, to get a couple of extra months of Missy's meds. Mm. She's on three antiretrovirals a day. Her HIV is undetectable and God has used great medical care and medicine to for the health miracles of Missy's life. And so I started scrabbling around trying to find a place where they had these meds and, and eventually had to go out of the purview of our medical insurance. And so I, I found some meds and the pharmacist said, you know, we'd be glad to send you two months of these medicines, but it's not going to be covered by your insurance. It's going to be $5,000. And God has always taken care of us. But you know, I travel for work. And so at the beginning of COVID, I lost basically a year's worth of work. And by the grace of God, we had savings. I wasn't too worried, but it wasn't a great time to be hit with a $5,000 bill that you hadn't budgeted for. But I was like, of course, of course, we'll be fine. You know, I can always sell my plasma. And so it took a while and then they lost the meds. I mean, it was kind of a little drama. By the time they finally delivered the medicine to my house, this is early April, we were down to three days of Missy's medicine. So it was, you know, it was a, it was a little scary for a mama. I was trying to just hang on to the fact that our God is good, but I am completely all too human. And certainly there's times that I don't have that kind of robust faith. And so when the FedEx guy comes driving up our hill, you know, I run to meet him in the driveway. This was when you couldn't grab the box. You know, they had to set it down. You sprayed it with Lysol. But I know that driver thinks I'm such a nut because you know, I'm crying. I'm just like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. He has no idea. This represents life for my child. I grab the bag. I walk up to our porch and, you know, my house, we log home out in the middle of nowhere. And I was so overwhelmed when I got to the porch that I just kind of sank to my knees and began to just cry and thank God for his provision because to me it you know, represented life for Missy. And I was, I don't know, maybe I was on my knees for three or four minutes and I thought I've got to get up and run inside and tell Missy what God has done because she was praying with me. And as soon as I jumped up to go inside, my phone buzzed in my pocket. 
And I pulled my phone out and I had a text from a pastor of a church I had been at in October. So this is late March, early April from October. And this pastor sent me a text and said, we've been praying our elders about how to help people in our community who lost their livelihood due to COVID. And he said, one of the elders had a dream about you. And then he went on to say some kind things about what God had done when I got to be a guest in their church. And he said, we voted unanimously as an elder board to bless you with this gift. And you know, Jamie, I, nobody's ever given me money. I mean, when I was a kid, I turned in Coke bottles. You know, I've never played the lottery. I mean, mm-hmm. this has never happened yeah. to me. Yeah. And I, God has always provided. I'm just saying yeah. he hasn't provided in this particular right. means of grace. And he said, you know, I hope you're not offended, but I took the liberty of contacting your assistant because I had a feeling you would resist. I'm not the greatest receiver. And he said, so I just wanted you to know she gave me your bank wiring information and he screenshotted what he had just deposited in my bank. It was $5,000. Oh my gosh. And it's like, please forgive me if that sounds braggadocious. And I'm sure you've got thousands of people who are listening who might have just kind of cocked an eyebrow and went, really, really sure would be nice if somebody sent me five grand. And so I'm sorry if you need financial assistance right now. I just, in that moment, I just sensed God whisper, I am a father to the fatherless and I am a husband to the husbandless and I will take care of you and Melissa. And so to be holding that bag of medicine and to go, my heavenly father just paid for this. Mm -hmm. It just overwhelmed me because all too often, I'm one of those women who try to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Yeah. And so God so graciously has allowed me to come face to face with my own inabilities often enough that I, I'm better at being dependent now. And, you know, that's one of the things I write about pretty honestly. That's one of the things I think we came face to face with most of us during COVID was it stripped away that veneer of, I think I can do this by myself. Mm. You know, because even Christians, we come to know Jesus and then we're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm like, liar, liar, pants on fire. You should be kicked in the shins. That's why Paul says, We've got to preach the gospel to ourselves every day, not for salvation, once you know Jesus, but for sustenance, for intimacy. So I'm still learning to lean fully into the arms of Jesus. Well, that's encouraging because it is a moment where you felt I'm very much seen by my father. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very much Mm -hmm. seen by the creator. I'm very much seen in this moment. Two things I want to tell you from that is number one, I have sold plasma before. And so it is a, (laughs) a, a real option. I have a scar on my arm for the rest of my oh, life from my the, heavens the plasma selling yeah. uh, moments. <laughs> well, I gained the COVID-19, and so I thought I probably have extra plasma. I, mean, there you I don't go. know how that works, but surely there's some extra in there. Surely there's something. <laughs> if you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here, and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. 
Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. True or false, Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. You mentioned your Bible study, and I know you're a big proponent of community and Mm -hmm. people, you know, holding each other's arms up when their arms get weary and tired. And you tell a story about when you worked at it was like a, it didn't seem like a pool in your story that you told as a lifeguard. Oh, uh, kind of talked Okay. And you talked about the encouraging moments that you would solve and how that kind of translates into us and how we yeah. encourage each other. So talk with me about the importance of us. I talk all the time on the happy hour about community, about yeah. having people in your life, yeah. having friends that can look at you and tell you the truth in the most gracious yeah. gospel loving way. So why is that important for us as women? I told a story. I'm a Bible teacher slash storyteller. And I think scripture is that, you know, we said, misunderstand the Bible when we think it's a rule book or a collection of benign morality tales. It is at its core a supernatural love story. So much narrative. And so I tell a story about when I was younger and I was a lifeguard. That was I had much less hanging down parts then. And I was in college and I worked at this state park in Central Florida and I loved where I got to stand. I stood on this little cliff so it felt very dramatic in Charlie's Angels when I got to dive in and perform rescues. But the water was super cold. It was a natural spring. And so people would get shocked by the water and then sometimes panic. And because the water was so clear, it was easy to get over your head without realizing it. So usually on a busy Saturday or Sunday, when there were a couple of thousand people there, there'd be multiple rescues. But we had three lifeguards around the perimeter of this big natural spring. And one of the lifeguards, their job was always 
to try to get the attention of the swimmer in trouble, the person who thought they were drowning, and speak to them. And so if you weren't actively pulling the swimmer in that had gotten in trouble, you were speaking to them and you were saying, we've got you, we're almost to you, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. And I always felt like that that voice of you're going to be okay was just as critical as the guard that was in the water physically putting their arms around him and pulling him to safety. Because you could just tell people thought, all I needed to hear was that I'll be okay. And I think as believers, I mean, you see that all throughout Scripture. You know, 85% of the directives God gives us in Scripture are given toward community. He wants us to love one another well. What's the last thing he did to Judas? He knows what Judas is going to do. He gives him communion. He still, even then, is extending community. What's the last thing he does to the 12? He, he lays down his scepter in glory, and he wraps a towel around his waist, and he washes their feet. And so I think community is critical. I think speaking authentic life into each other is critical. I mean, there have been multiple times you've called me or texted me and said, God just had me on, had you on my heart. I was praying for you today. Sometimes, you know, that keeps me from drowning emotionally just as sure as a physical lifeguard or, uh, you know, one of those little rings does. And I think we've gotten so used to social media and a lot of people think of social media as a community. And I want to go, honey, don't trust a digital voice. It's inanimate. I'm not saying social media is bad. It can be used for good or it can be used for destruction as we've all seen too much in this past season. But pick up a phone. If you can go to somebody's house, even if you have to stand in the yard and say, I'm for you. You know, if you need me to pick up a corner of your mat, carry you to Jesus, I'm there because sure shoot, and there'll be a time when you need somebody to pick up the corners of your mat. You know, I've had those friends that have picked up the corners of the mat and it renewed my faith in that Mm -hmm. moment of reminding Mm -hmm. me, again, feeling seen through those friendships. You know, you mentioned social media and that'd be one of the things that comes to my mind when I think, what are you seeing as women? You know, Mm -hmm. we are filling our souls and our hearts with so many things that Mm -hmm. they're trying to satisfy us. Right. You know, it's like when I come home from work and I am just like so hungry, I turn Mm -hmm. into like, Aaron sometimes looks at me and he's like, are you okay? Because I'll open up a bag of chips and it's as if I hadn't eaten in three (laughs) days, you know? And I'm like, get out of the way, kids. (laughs) Mama's hungry. Right. And because I feel like I need something so badly, but what we know is those chips, they can't sustain me. They, They can't even fill me in the right way. So when you think about like today, what are some of the things you see women in particular who are just trying to feel that hunger that is designed in us to be filled by Jesus? It's so interesting you brought up hunger because when people ask me, what do you think women are struggling with at this moment in culture? And I think it hasn't changed since the beginning of time. Jesus modeled it in the wilderness. When Satan came against Jesus, there were three issues he came for. Hunger, what satisfies you? Um, What's your identity? And power, you know, do you think you will be more satiated? Do you think you'll be more content if you have power, if you have the platform? And so I don't think it's changed. I think everything we need for life and godliness is modeled in Scripture. And I think in the wilderness, I love it that Jesus was hungry because in his incarnation, self. He allowed himself to be as weak. He's an empathetic hero. He allowed himself to be as weak as we would be when we're hungry and we're vulnerable. And you know, over and over again, what he modeled was the intimacy I have with God, the identity that God gives me. That's what sustains me. That's what carries me even in difficult seasons. 
And so, you know, the medicine we use to numb ourselves looks different. We didn't have social media 20 years ago. So you didn't run to Twitter or to Instagram and check how many followers you had. You know, you didn't have drive-throughs. So we can run through and pick up something of stuff in our face and nobody sees. I can tell you a really big Frappuccino has sustained me for about five minutes, hundreds of times. When I'm having a bad day, caffeine and sugar just, woo, for a minute, that'll carry me. The only thing that will satisfy us is a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And then if you have that real relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the potential for real relationships with each other. Of course, our relationships with other humans are never going to be perfect because we're inherently flawed, but they can be rich and deep and they can have the potential for real intimacy and healthy interdependency. But I don't think you can have real healthy relationships with other men and women if your identity isn't first really satisfied with Jesus. And so the thing I've seen as an older sister, if you will, in the house of God, family believers, is that it's not enough to go to church on a Sunday or what's happening now is just go to church on Zoom and Mm -hmm. cherry pick the pastors who you resonate with the most. That's not enough. You've Mm -hmm. got to know God through this love letter called Scripture. You've got to have an ongoing conversation with God through the Holy Spirit, through prayer. And so I think people are craving intimacy. They're craving realness. And we that is so available to us in Christ. It's just we have settled for a very, I think, very superficial relationship with God, most of us. Yeah. So the woman that's listening and she's like, okay, that sounds great, Lisa and yeah. Jamie. Awesome. I've got four kids or yeah. I'm in a doctorate program or right. I'm, you know, in residency or or I have a sick husband, whatever it might be. Right. What are like, just give me some practical things of like, okay, so I don't want to fill myself with other things that will sustain me, like, you know, Chick-fil-A nuggets. Right. That's me right now. I'm like, Although I, I think those a bad are day. close to Jesus. I, I think those nuggets. are almost <laughs> biblical. Somewhere yes. in Leviticus, surely it talks about Christian Chick-fil-A chicken, nuggets. guys. Yeah. What does that look like even for those small steps of going, okay, I'm going to yeah. today. And I think it's one day at a time. Like I'm going to wake up today and here's what it's going to look like. What are some practical things that you would say to women about that? Yeah. One of my favorite dead guys, I have platonic crushes on most of the dead theologians, was a guy named <laughs> Thomas Chalmers. And Thomas Chalmers talked about, this sounds fancy, but listen to it. I think women will get this. He talked about the expulsive power of the new affection, the expulsive power. In other words, the more you fall in love with Jesus, that will crowd lesser things out of the way. So it becomes an issue of, you know, when you have that first crush and you're in the seventh grade, you make time to write notes and put it in their locker, you know, put it in his locker. You make time because it matters to you. I think the more time you spend with Jesus, it may initially start out as duty as, okay, Jamie, I'm going to spend 10 minutes in the Bible this morning, listen to one worship song before I try to parent my children. But as you begin to develop a love relationship with Jesus, not religiosity, but I mean a relationship with Jesus, you start craving that time with him. And you may be in a season, you know, I'm a single mom. I travel when it's not COVID like crazy. I'm in a doctoral program. I'm writing a dissertation. I have a lot of my calendar. I don't start my day before I lean into Jesus. Sometimes if I'm disciplined, I have an hour and I go for a walk. Sometimes when I'm just worn slap out, 
I have five minutes of quiet in the shower, but that five minutes becomes, man, that just becomes like this sanctuary for me. And I sing. It's best for me to only sing in the shower because I'm almost tone deaf. (laughs) But I will sing and raise my hands in the shower. And in those five minutes of intimacy with Jesus, that sets the trajectory for the rest of my day. I tell women, I spend a lot of time with women in recovery from addiction, and I'll tell them, because you, they're like, Lisa, don't give us any Greek and Hebrew. Just give us something practical. And I'm like, okay, at least a couple of times a week, get laundry out of the dryer while it's still warm, throw it on your bed. And even if you've only got two minutes to lock the door, lean into that laundry and pray, Jesus, give me the grace to linger in your embrace. Because it'll feel almost like you're leaning back into a person. And he is a tangible God. He's a practical God. He's an accessible God. He's not some ethereal existential idea. If you will lean into intimacy with Jesus, you'll begin to crave it. And you'll be surprised that intimacy with Jesus will crowd out lesser affections. You'll start making time for it. Whether or not you ever start exegeting Greek and Hebrew, that that just depends on your personality and your calling. But you will begin to crave time alone with Him and, and time in this love letter called the Bible. I hope that's an encouragement to you guys that are listening because I can attest to that as well. That is the same with you develop a new relationship, whether that's a friendship or mm-hmm. you go to a new school, whatever you develop a love for. You know, if it's my kids and they develop a love for wrestling, they're going to make time for that because it's this new love in their life. And so I appreciate that. Lisa, one of the things that you've been a really big encourager to me in is this idea of being a lifelong learner. Mm. And I'm always hesitant to say I want to keep learning because I did not enjoy college that much. Mm -hmm. Well, let me preface it. When I started following Jesus and I didn't show up to class drunk, then I decided to learn, <laughs> like it more. So I think I might like learning. It was just the first couple of years right. were a blur. So right. you enjoyed college. You just enjoyed the extracurriculars. I liked the extracurriculars. Right. Yes. And my extracurriculars were not okay. But this idea of a lifelong learner, you just mm-hmm. mentioned that you are in a doctorate program mm-hmm. and- I mean, every time I see you, I'm just like, man, I'm so impressed. And I don't mean that in a weird way. I just mean that in a, like, this is awesome and amazing. And your brain just craves this. Why do you think it's important? And it's not a doctorate for everybody. Like, no, I'm no, not no, in no, seminary, no. but I do want to learn. I take classes at my church, all mm-hmm, the things. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's important for us to continue to learn? Because oftentimes we think that was college or that was high school. Right. Now I'm this. Right. But what does that look like? Why is that important to you? For me, it was two issues. And you're right. It has nothing to do with academia. That just depends on your vocation and your personality and a lot of other issues. But, you know, I'm an old single mom. I'm 57. My daughter's 11. And so I thought, boy, I really want Missy to see me loving to learn. I think that it's important for us to model. Proclamation is one thing. You can tell me something and it may go in one ear and out the other, but I see you do, doing something. I see that it matters to you and that will make a mark on my heart. So I wanted to model learning and being always being creative, not just being a consumer, but actually being a carrier of new information. And then I firmly believe, ah, love Jesus. I can't get up in the morning without Jesus. He is my one true love. Remember Princess Bride? He's just it for me. I would roll down a hill for him. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, the two most effective ways for us to know Jesus more intimately are the revelation of his Holy Spirit, the revelation of his word. And so I always want to be digging deeper into God's word. And Jamie, I'm 57 years old. I've been a Bible teacher since I was right out of undergrad. I am learning stuff now from God's word that I'm not kidding you. I constantly have my mouth open like, no stinking way. That's awesome. 
because there's so many things I just didn't get. Like there's a place, can I do just like a three minute? Yes, please do it. Okay, Deuteronomy 22. And it is not a passage anybody who's listening probably would have cross-stitched or memorized or tattooed because (laughs) it's just one of those Old Testament passages that you go, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's just nasty. And that needs to stay like in some embarrassing Christian closet because the end of Deuteronomy 22 says, if a man violates a woman, and it's the R word there, I just want to be careful if there's any youngins listening. But if a man violates a woman, then he pays her father 50 shekels of silver, marries her, and is with her for the rest of his life. And so at first glance, you read that, you're like, nasty. That is just gross, horrible, adding insult to injury. He's raped a woman. Now she has to marry her rapist. Gross. That's that weird Old Testament stuff. Until you get the socio-historical context and you realize they've just come out of captivity. Well, as the Israelites came out of captivity during that ancient era, they're under what we could loosely call the first iteration of Sharia law. Well, under that law in that culture, any woman who's not engaged or married um, over the age of 12 is liable, vulnerable to being violated sexually by any man. The consequence for the man is nothing. No slap on the wrist, nothing. There's no civil consequence. The consequence for the woman who's raped, she is considered forever damaged goods. She is considered unmarriable. She is ostracized by society. So God, one of my seminary professors puts it this way. I think it's so cool. He says, God steps over the fence of culture and begins actively mitigating evil to protect his daughter. So what he's really saying there is, any of you yahoos who are thinking about violating one of my daughters, you're going to set up a 401k with her dad's name on it. Remember, women couldn't hold property then. You're going to make her financially independent. That's unheard of. Mm. Not to reviolate her, but to actually restore some of the dignity you stole. And you're going to take care of her. You're going to provide for her for the rest of her life. Otherwise, you're liable to be stunned by the community. So it's this beautiful act of beginning to erect a protective fence around his daughters. It's so incredibly restorative. But if you don't get the socio-historical context of that passage, you just go, ooh, nasty. Let's never talk about that one again. That sounds so awful. You get the way God actually wrote it, what it actually meant in that season. When we walk backwards through Scripture, we should trip over grace. We should just go, no, stinking way. He's always been mitigating evil and restoring our dignity. And so that's why I'm a learner. It just gets better. Jesus gets, you know, of course, he doesn't change. His compassion is immutable, but our understanding of him grows. I just, I'm more undone by the kindness of our God than I've ever been. But I've learned those things through studying his word. And I need people who are a lot smarter than me to explain those nuances to me. So yeah, I love to learn. I don't think it has to be in an academic setting, but I do think it has to be with people who maybe have walked longer with the Lord, people who can show you facets of the Bible that you go, oh my goodness, I didn't know that that was the context. That's so much better than I originally understood it. So yeah, I am endlessly undone and fascinated by the kindness of God. Well, I'm grateful for people like your professors that you're with that are teaching this and then how you get to also teach us through your Bible studies and your and your leadership. I would imagine that that one instance of Deuteronomy 22 is one of many times that you have dropped your <laughs> mouth in scriptures oh. and thought, oh, it's yeah. never been taught this way. What are we no. seeing here when you go back and look? Anytime God is effectively painted as a unibrowed librarian, that's a misunderstanding of scripture. He is holy 
but he is never not kind. He's a good God and he's for us. So even in his discipline, it's braided with mercy. But so we misunderstand. I think we tend to see God through really, really blurry lenses, but he is such a redeemer. I love it so much. Okay. So your new um, devotional, which is called Life, Mm -hmm. which has the best uh, subtitle ever invented by- You know, I was shocked they let me keep that subtitle. That was my only- Right, get it real consistent. And you know, Uh I'm such a windbag, so concise is not my gift whatsoever. I'm such a talker. But that was, they asked if I consider writing devotional. I've never written a devotion before. And I was like, oh, golly, jeepers, no. Because, you know, only smart people like, you know, Ann Voskamp, (laughs) C.S. Lewis in the skirt, like people like that write devotionals. And they were really gracious and asked if I would write one. And I said, well, if I write one, I want people to feel safe before they even crack the cover that this isn't about having it all together. I think perfection is so overrated. It's not a prerequisite for relationship with God. And so I asked if I could have that subtitle and they were like, well, it's kind of long. I was like, I know. Oh, but that's my heart. And so I was really shocked they let me keep it. It is so you. It is so your heart. It is so the way that you approach ministry. For the devotional, like how, is it a daily devotional? What's the setup of the book? It's a hundred days. Okay. And so, you know, like you, I have devotionals that I, it's almost like what, you know, if I'm in the mood for Mexican or Thai, some people may not go through it for a full hundred days. They may pick and choose, but it is set up to be a hundred day devotional, but you can dive in it for a week, dive out for a while. So you don't have to do it a hundred days in a row, but that's how it's set up. And there's questions at the end of each devotional. So it's pretty interactive. And each devotional, it's very anecdotal. You know, I'm a storyteller, but each devotional also, there's a template of scripture. So some of them are really funny. You know, I have a few catastrophes, and then some of them are really hard because that's life. And I think whether we are laughing so hard, you know, we've got tears running down our face or grieving so deeply, we run out of tears. That's life and the sufficiency of Christ is perfect, whether you're in a valley or a pinnacle. So that's where it goes. It's not a, definitely not perky. It's very honest. Awesome. Well, you guys, that's out right now. You can get it wherever you get books. Life by Lisa Harper. I want to ask you this and you may not answer it, but I know the answer, but you may not be willing to answer (laughs) it. Do you have anything coming out this summer? I do. Can you do it or can you not? (laughs) I can. I have a new Bible study. It's the hardest Bible study. It's a video-based curriculum. It's the hardest one I've ever written because it is, God has just been teaching me so much as a woman and some of the places where I was really stuck and still bent by shame. He so graciously has lifted some of that off. But yeah, it's a Bible study called How Much More. And it's talking about finding God in unexpected places. And I go through some of the passages in scripture where maybe women are seem to be marginalized or those passages where God looks to be something other than kind. And we dive pretty deep. And so Job was my favorite Bible study thus far, which I know sounds crazy, like sticking your hand in a blender, but (laughs) there is so much joy in Job. And this one, man, I felt like by the time it was through, I had given birth to a full-grown man. It was a, <laughs> it was a, a hard birth, but it is, I feel like it's the most content rich Bible study I've ever had the privilege of doing. So yeah, that's called How Much More, and it comes out this summer. I really look forward to that. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. 
Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Lisa, I got to ask you, what are you loving these days? What are you reading? Are you reading anything besides doctoral preparation? I'm always reading doctoral preparation because I'm always behind. I think I'm the dumbest person in our doctoral candidacy group. Also, side note, I loved Water for Elephants, by the way, the book. Wasn't that a great book? Yes, yeah. Such a good book. I am always reading something. I love everything from Malcolm Gladwell to, you know, super rich theology books. But I'll tell you, I just read a book. I love Christopher Wright. He's a fabulous theologian, no kin to N.T. Wright, but I have a crush on him too, platonic. But it's called The Mission of God's People. And I think it is a must read. It's not a beach read. It'll take you a while. You'll need to regurgitate some pages. But one of the things he said in that book, it's fabulous, rich theology. Christopher Wright, The Mission of God's People. But one of the things he says is, and this is not verbatim, but it's close enough. He said, you know, when you study scripture, um, God has put in his people, he wants people to look at our lives and be intrigued. Mm. But instead in our culture, people look at Christians' lives and are suspicious. Mm. And I thought that just kind of broke my heart because I thought rather than being a fragrant aroma that people are intrigued by, instead we sometimes come across as so unkind that people are suspicious, wary of us. But he, in this book, I'd never seen this before, Jamie. This was so cool. He talks about, you know, that Abrahamic blessing in Genesis where God tells Abraham, you know, that's when he says, I know, you know, you and Sarah aren't exactly getting jiggy with it because you're so old, but you need to go ahead and to sign up at Costco. You back you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to need a whole bunch of pampers, even though y'all are taking Metamucil. Uh-huh. He gives him this covenant and says, I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing. It's in Genesis, I think it's Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Anyway, it's early in Genesis. I'm going to bless you so you'll be a blessing. Well, Christopher Wright traces that original covenant, that Abrahamic covenant, to Matthew and the Great Commission, that as the Great Commission for us to make disciples share the living hope of Christ, that that has never changed from God saying, I'm going to bless you so you'll be a blessing. And you start going, oh, dang, that's so cool. The roots we have Mm -hmm. as the people who are just absolutely adored by God at our worst on my double spanx days, He still calls me beautiful when I am faithless because of the redemptive nature of God, even in that day, he loves me still. The genealogy, which is the roots of how much he loves us and what he's called us to, that book was, it was convicting and it was a catalyst for me. I really love it, but it's a long read, but that's, I've been really marinating in that one lately. I love it. I'm going to add it to Mac to read. Lisa Harper, I love you, friend. I love you. I miss you. Miss you so much. I miss you too. And I hope we get to see each other soon. I was saving this ladybird breakfast taco for you. So I'm going to eat it in your honor. I'm just going to say Jamie between bites. I would not love that more than anything. So Lisa, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. I love you. Thank you. Bye. 
Okay, I told you you would love it. I am such a fan of hers, and she's truly like this greatest big sister that I never knew I needed or had. So, Lisa, thank you for joining us today. Guys, check out her devotional. It's called Life. Also, if you're looking for a Bible study, I got it out of her. I cannot wait for it. She's told me more about it offline, how much more Bible study releases this summer. And guys, don't forget, this Instagram giveaway, if you're listening to this live on Friday the 12th, is still available through the end of today. Get over there. Check it out. The way you enter is to pre-order our new book, Compliment. You can get it anywhere books are sold. It's two books in one, one written by myself, one written by my husband, as we strive to encourage you in your marriage or your future marriage. Today's show is edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper. The notes are written by Abigail Castell. The music is created by Matt Graham, and the whole thing is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. I'm your host, Jamie Ivey, and I cannot wait to be back here with you next week. Don't forget the giveaway. Check out Instagram. Have a happy hour with a friend. Guys, share the show with a friend. The number one way people find out about this show is because you tell them, and we're so grateful, and we create these shows for you, the listener. Guys, thanks for listening to the happy hour. I'll see you back here next week. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.